This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. This week, we talk about the bombshell announcements coming from PlayStation 5's showcase as they once again prove that they are the kings of the industry. And in our final stage, I review Sonic Colors Ultimate for the Nintendo Switch. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up. everybody and welcome back to another game filled episode of select start i am your host xavier josiah and we got a lot of explosive news to talk about in terms of sony playstation 5 and 4 to that extent depending on which game you're gonna we're gonna talk about but we knew that sony opted out of doing e3 just like uh, many others and i still don't understand what's the political issue that's going on with that situation but they decided to opt out once again and do their own thing and you know we had to see was it worth it was it was it going to be that big that much of a blockbuster move for them to do their own you know showcase outside of the e3 bubble was it going to be worth it now we all know that sony the reason why e3 has been great for multiple amount of years is simply in part because of sony and playstation which was always known as the marquee event for e3 and i mean playstation is the equivalent of marvel studios when they go to san diego comic-con like you go to hall h to see what marvel studios is going to do next that's the biggest seller of san diego comic-con and that's why all the all of the lines that leads into hall h are like more than a mile away and people camp out for the same thing and the same excitement goes for sony playstation when they do their presentations every year one of the biggest e3s in history was the announcement of i think i believe shinmu 3 which we all found out that was a big letdown there and final fantasy 7 which was not a letdown by any strides and it superseded all expectations and that event was so historical that like i'm gonna say it myself i've said it before myself and many others around the world cried at the sight of the announcement of this this was final fantasy 7 for wrestling fans final fantasy 7 was the equivalent of seeing cm punk come to aew it is exactly that uh, where you saw grown men crying on camera there were people teary-eyed around the world at that announcement 
at E3. The same thing happened. And even before that, with previous announcements and past announcements, they have always been the forefront of E3 and beating out, you know, Xbox in every single turn. Like so much so like, it, it, you know what's even sad? It's the, the normal, you know, place ranking for E3 is usually PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, and everything else. So you figure with Xbox, you know, with, with PlayStation leaving E3, you think it now, you know, Xbox has a chance to do it. And to their credit, they did this year. Not necessarily. I think Nintendo really beat them out uh, still. But to Xbox credit, they really did for their fan base. They really did have some really cool games that they came out with. But the question now is like, okay, what is X, what is PlayStation going to do at this point? We got that answer majorly. And I mean, majorly this week. In fact, yesterday when they uh, did their showcase and we're going to run down everything that was mentioned and there and i'll give my thoughts about everything that was mentioned from there without further ado let's get started because this was huge um it was majorly huge and i'm gonna go by based on the um write-up from ign they don't have it in the order that they had it um in there but we're definitely i'm gonna try to get it in or because i do re i do remember it vividly so i won't i don't want to pretty much talk about the biggest announcements but i do want to talk about the stuff that we saw so we first thing i believe if i remember uh, recall seeing it was um the new hack and slash game entitled project eve this game looks fantastic i mean this game looks stunning you have you have a new female harry by the way aside from the um the bombshell news that was announced in the showcase the majority of games that they came out with had a theme and that is that every main character was a female lead and i think that is awesome it was it's definitely a really great statement um to make and it's, it's a long time coming so and the leads that they showed in these games they all look impressive they all look badass i am looking forward to buying these games and playing these characters i i can't wait um project eve looks just absolutely stunning um it's a new hack and slash game that's coming out uh didn't really who came i don't know the name of the company that's making it i don't know if it's it didn't say um playstation studios or of any kind if i'm correct but it takes place in the near future and you in order to win back earth you know eve is a survivor uh of a, of a, a paratrooper squad that was deployed uh from a colony uh who must fight through powerful enemies and aliens and whatnot and monsters and she has the uh, she has the power um to equip and she, you see her just like almost hacking and slashing in bayonetta form or or devil may cry format all these really cool weapons and everything she looks so beautiful i mean like just the the frame the framework that they made her it's just absolutely stunning she's going to be a new I, I there's going to be a lot of cosplayer uh concepts based on her i can tell you this now <laughs> it's, it's just going to be awesome um another game that was announced as well was tina uh tiny tina's wonderland uh they showed some gameplay and uh 
I believe a release date was revealed for this. I, be, I also believe that this is a spinoff to Borderlands, if I'm correct. I could be wrong, but it uh, looks like that way. Um, this one's a little bit different. It's it, it's definitely a first person shooter game, but they also play on some other elements as well, such as like old school JRPG and there there's some other elements as well it's it's gonna be one of these crazy concepts it looks really cool i think the only thing that turned me off really i was intrigued watching it and i'm like okay i'm not exactly the biggest you know first person shooter fan so i'm not that thrilled about it but i did see some other gameplay elements in here uh that they're you know playing with a la, you know no more heroes sort of kind of and it's kind of has that no more no more heroes type of wackiness to it but what, what became an interest kind of turned me off when I saw the word loot on air and they showed a box of loot crates and everything and then followed by the people behind the game, which is 2K Games. And I'm like, oh, crap. That means they're going to loot crate this damn thing up. And they do have some systems and everything in there. So I, I don't know what's going on with 2K Games, but it seems like every game that they're trying to come out with has to involve some type of loot crate system with it or some form of microtransaction or whatever. It's just, it annoys me to no end. Like, can we please just focus on, when, I feel like games that focus too much on loot crates and microtransactions miss out on the artistic integrity of a game. And I get it. You guys are trying to find so many ways to make money and I get that. I don't mind DLCs, you know, but dude, it bothers me to no end to see this because it, you know, there's always this argument about whether games are art, you know, you know, the late, uh, uh, not, uh, Roger Ebert, you know, movie critic, uh, legendary movie critic, um, the late Robert, e uh, Roger Ebert, I think made a, uh, he did it sort of a, uh, article on why video games wasn't art. And this was like possibly over a decade ago. Things have changed, even back then, that's still debatable. Even back when he did that article, it was still way debatable. Because by that time, when he did that article, they were already doing these these, uh, the, these productions, the storytelling, the, write, the writing, and, 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 these, uh, and the narratives that matched up to a lot of, you know, a lot of actual uh, movies. I bet if Roger Ebert was still alive right now, and even Gene Sisko, uh, for that matter, if Roger Ebert was alive to see Ghost of Tsushima, I, I hardly doubt that he would have to deny the idea of gaming being art. I'm sorry. Ghost of Tsushima's story alone is worth him checking out. If he just looked at the actual CG, the, the cutscenes of Ghost of Tsushima, I'd have been all there. I think he he, it'd be, he would be denying himself. He I think he would be denying himself if he didn't say that that was art. But we'll never know, unfortunately. But in this case, when you have these type of systems happen, it really almost kind of proves that theory right. Except, you know, there are certain games out there that, you know, do provide a more focus on narrative and gameplay rather than, you know, trying to nickel and dime you for everything. So i opted out to they're like this i really completely shut down on this game once i saw 2k games in the in the loot crate situation so you know more power to all you guys are going to be playing that game so um they also announced a game called Forspoken, which also has a female lead in there and not only that a black female lead and i was 
really intrigued in uh and in, into this this looks awesome it's pretty much a girl uh, the main character is named Frey and she journeys into a beautiful world of uh Athea and she uh gets she inherits this gaunt like these bracelets that kind of look like Kamala Khan's um you know bracelets that she wears on her arm on Marvel Avengers in the comics um but it grants her magical powers and she gets into this new world that looks almost very Harry Potterish and I thought it was a Harry Potter game but no in fact it is not and this is a square enix game that is set to come out in spring of 2022 i am all for this game this looks awesome it looks insanely awesome i love that there's a black female lead to this and um i'm all for it i am so all for it japan and their acknowledgement acceptance appreciation and support of black uh black people and character and the characters they've been creating lately um I am I am I am deeply deeply touched by this um because I'm a big fan of um Japanese uh culture and it's you know just even more than just you know outside of the realm of anime I just I love some of the ideology that they go by I like not everything but I mean I like a lot of what they um they go by and and just their art Harry I just I've always been a big fan of the country um for that it, it's you know for a lot of reasons and their support of us just it, it warns my heart it really warms my heart and i'm really glad that they're you know up with the times because there was a time where japan may not be may not have been in the know because back when there was no internet they only went by what they seen or heard from bits and pieces of what they heard from the uh from our side of the country and when it came to interpretation of black you know what uh, what, the, what a black person looks like whatever like that they borrowed from the racist you know um interpretation of what they thought was okay or was you know was okay with it but it ends up turning is not and now they they've moved in with the times and they figured it out and they understand and they made changes drastically uh i will hold nothing from the past on their part i will not you know shame or cancel them for what has been done in the past um especially when you watch certain anime shows or whatever like that it's just you know it, it's a certain situation i i get what happened back then but they definitely are working and taking efforts and strides to do this and this is another this is absolutely another take on it so cool to, uh, kudos to them on there uncharted fans should be happy especially if they own a ps5 because a thief's end and lost legacy are getting remastered um they announced it <laughs> i feel like somebody wants me to play this game <laughs> i just never got into uncharted games i know nolan north is tremendous in this i know the game has been said to be awesome i i'm a fan and i've played law um tomb raider especially the original one back in the day and beat the original one and i beat the uh the reboot version which was awesome i you know out of respect i actually beat that game more or less because i played the original but i'm not really into these type of you know these these uh dungeon dwelling 3d platformer you know type of games like this i it's, it's just not me and it's not uh it's just not my genre you know i like more fan me personally i like more fantasy things but I do respect the Uncharted saga. I do love what they're doing with it. Hey, maybe the movie 
with Tom Holland when that comes out. Maybe I'll get into it and I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's I think it's awesome that they're remastering it. It's a uh, well-deserved series. It's a series that brought, you know, helped bring the PlayStation even to more of the forefront of their um, of their throne that they're sitting on right now. And it's awesome to see that it's coming. Out. I wonder how much that's going to be because it's coming with the Lost Legacy, which I believe is the extent expansion pack that came with it. So be interested in how much they're going to charge for that. Uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction also uh, was uh, presented with the gameplay trailer uh, that reveals more of a spinoff that's going to be happening. So that's coming out next first uh, the first month of uh, 2022, of course, January 20, uh, 2022. And uh, Tom Clancy Rainbow Six fans should be happy with that. So also speaking of, of remasters, Alan Wake is making its return in remastered form. They revealed the uh, they revealed this alongside a release date, which is coming out next month. It's coming out October 5th, 2021. So that's I believe it's the first game to get a actual quick release date within a year, if I'm correct there. So now this one's funny. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 and Grand Theft Auto Online for the uh, PlayStation 5 um, has been delayed again for March 2022. So you'll get a chance to play that. But my question is, because I'm on Facebook a lot and, you know, they got the video section there and I am in tune with the gaming aspect of the video section on on there. And I just I wonder because. If I feel like for those who are playing GTA, uh, GTA 5 right now are only those who are on PC. And the only reason being is because they get to mod all of that game there's some deep modding in gta 5 as many of you know who are listening i mean the people are able to do almost godlike things in gta 5 i've seen brock lesnar i've seen the marvel cinematic universe characters that looks exactly like them i've seen john cena i've seen people with the stairway to heaven challenge and there i've seen a lot of different things that you could never do in the console version of this game so i my question is are people even playing gta 5 for the online aspect or even the story aspect because gta 5 has been out forever now for as long as street fighter 5 uh i might say and they just keep doing things online via you know pc that they won't that you'll never be able to do on a on a console now, if they allow you to share, you know, mods from the PC onto GTA 5's console base, then that's something different. That would be awesome if they could do that because there's some creative, really awesome creative things that I've seen from GTA 5 and some very comical things that I've seen in GTA 5 that just defies, you know, logic <laughs> in this game. So that's interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see if that's, um, even a thing there okay this is another game that while i'm not really a big fan of playing i found myself buying these games all the time just for artistic significance that is gran turismo gran turismo 7 after all these years is finally coming out with a release date of march 22nd 2022 now i no, i'm not playing when i say i have purchased Gran Turismo games. 
I don't necessarily play the Gran Turismo games, but what I do is admire the photorealistic and uh, you know uh, quality and integrity of this game. Even back then, this game was ahead of its time, especially during the PlayStation 2, 3, and 4. Well, 2 and 3 at best. I don't think 4, when it got to 4, we haven't seen it in a while. But this game was uh, even... I'm not joking, like even today, even in today's standards, like this game was already looking far and away more realistic than any game has ever come out. Before before there was a, the, the term ray tracing came out, these guys already were making, you know, sunlight beaming on Chrome on um, in the Chrome uh, exterior of a, you know, paint job of a car, um, light lighting and shadows. The asphalt looked real the you can see the heat waves and the tracks and everything like so much attention to detail was done in this game you can literally and easily just watch it just for artistic significance it was so beautifully done back then i'm talking like one through one through six each one of them just one better than the other and they just keep me it just it really set the standards for how these other game companies especially uh playstation can what can they do they they i feel like they always work to the limit of what that count which said council was able to do i i pretty much coined a phrase for gran turismo the game built by god that's the way i put it and that's the way i saw it because nothing you can never make something that look that real coming from a game console. Gran Turismo was always that game that did it. And I absolutely enjoyed it. And it's really great that now I probably for the record, I probably won't buy this one because <laughs> I'm more than convinced that they will have they'll do a great job with this game and in the simulation aspect, the driving simulation aspect of it. But it's just one of the most beautiful uh, games ever. And it's one of the greatest driving sims of all time far enough it is great to see that come back so it's coming back um march 22nd 2022 a lot of twos in there so uh another game really really cute adorable game uh tashia uh what is this game called uh it's called i believe it's called tashia uh which is another game that has a female lead and a, a female of color uh lead as well and this is kind of a, it kind of really gives me Zelda Wind Waker vibes, um, you know, in terms of the art style in some cases, and also it, it's, well, from afar, there's certain parts of it that does, but it's a game that is not only inspired by uh, New Caledonia, but it is also, it, it pretty much lets you soul jump into the physical uh objects of animals and you know there's some odyssey mario odyssey elements to it as well um it's a 3d platformer but you're playing Tashia, uh if i'm if i'm pronouncing that correctly who will also be playing a ukulele which is kind of a mini game type of simulation that you'll be able to do as well and it's a part of the story and everything it's really cute it's really a cute story it's one of those it's one of those games and i mean playstation is also known for doing this too they they make games at times where it's not about you know beating a boss it's not about um you know getting the highest score or whatever like that they make games they literally make art and 
sometimes art can be used in a positive and psychological way to just stimulate you in a way that you need. And PlayStation has always been on the forefront of games like that for, for quite some time. You know, there's been some beautiful games where you just easily just look into the fields and you just enjoy just the environment itself. And I tell you, man, it is just is absolutely breathtaking to see stuff like this. And this is looks like it's going to be another one as well. I don't believe there was a uh, a release date for this one, but this is something that's probably going to come out in 2022 or uh, down the line. Actually, does it? No, I just know. Yeah, I think it's probably something we're definitely guaranteed to see in the new year, uh, possibly. So stay tuned for that. Um, speaking of no release dates, uh, new Ghostwire Tokyo. I got another trailer for that. Um, you know, I said that I don't mess with, you know, first person shooters, but this first person combat game, I might be down with. I like, I love what I seen when I first saw it, um, I think last year. And they're showing more of it. I like it even more now. And I love what's going on. Getting a different aspect of the first person style of gaming, not using guns, but just using like, powers and everything and maybe some hand-to-hand -hand combat to get through i i like that idea maybe that will be the type of thing that'll get me into um first person there was a first person fighting game back in the day and, and um the old 3do uh system that a lot of people don't remember and i think i actually i forgot the name of the uh game as well and i'm trying to see if i can look it up 3do fighting game it was i think it was called eternal Ch wait supreme warrior that's what it was there was it was basically <laughs> what it was actually 3d supreme warrior was a first person fighting game but they used actual video footage of characters fighting you and in a in, a, in such a way like um dragon's lair it was really cool innovative i wish they would have done something like that before and it's one of my favorite games to play in uh in the 3d you know the 3do era and i wonder how many people still remember the three um the 3do uh game system that was one of the most innovative games and i that's the one thing we haven't done yet is actually i think tekken did try to do a have a first person mode in there in one of their tekken games you know where you just see the uh the first person i view as you're fighting um you could get air sick doing that with the moves they pull off on air but nonetheless i you know i would love to see something like that but this looks pretty close to you know ghostwire uh tokyo looks pretty close to that unfortunately they did not provide a release date for that game yet so but I, the good news is there's plenty of games to check out before they come including marvel's guardians of the galaxy who we get another more detailed look at what's going on with the game that is coming out october 28th of this year i am very excited about that and what i it's coming out for the main consoles like the xbox and um playstation and playstation 5 playstation 4 uh series x and 360 as well as pc i believe or steam but there is a nintendo switch version that is coming out and i think it's going to come out shortly after that arrives and i don't know exactly as to when that's coming out and how different is it going to be from this console version and i was thinking to myself i'm like should i 
I, I want the 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 PlayStation. I want the Nintendo Switch version by far because I definitely would love to play this on the road. But I think for safety's sake, I may get it on the PlayStation 5 as well to see how whether this is going to be good or not and see whether I would want to invest in just getting the, you know, the Switch version uh, when it comes by. But I they, there's not there's still nothing in terms of explaining the contrast because the place the Nintendo Switch version, I'm sorry, is going to be it has going to have some slight changes. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to obviously going to have the the graphic power that the uh, new console systems have whatever it's compensating for is going to you know accentuate with something else so i don't know i i'm looking forward to seeing what that is but i am excited about this game which is coming out next month so i will see Deathloop, loop which i could have sworn it already came out but it has a release date of september 14th which is next week uh and um you know for those who i i you know i'll tell you this again not a first person shooter fan but i do enjoy and love the the premise of this game again also has a female lead character and a lead character both of them are uh black so that found out to be interesting and they're just relooping this whole entire situation every day so the concept is pretty cool and it looks like they're having some other story elements to it as well uh so you know be on the lookout for that there's also talk of the free to play vampire game, which, you know, I will admit looks awesome, but I already knew when I saw this that I'm like, oh, this is kind of like a Fortnite-ish type of game, isn't it? And uh, that is in fact what it is. So Blood Hunt was announced earlier this year and um, it looks, for what it's worth, it looks pretty interesting. It looks new, it looks innovative. Um, and it's coming out later on for the PS5. So stay tuned for that. It's, it's a free to play third person battle royal game um as fun as it looks i normally don't play those games because i don't want to be easily sucked into any idea of me having to pay any more money <laughs> or more money than it is worth for that so um lastly before the big news radiohead and epic games also tease a um a collaboration uh that will be coming out soon and uh it looks like it's going to be released on uh november 20 2021 so uh, i'm sure we'll hear more from that soon but then we got to the big stuff they and i'm thinking like all this is good all this is really really good but i think people are waiting for some huge announcements in the marvel realm in the uh in the kratos uh realm i mean like you just so many things i failed to mention that actually the first bit of news to open up the showcase was the announcement that Knights of the Old Republic is getting a remake. And from what they said, this is not any just this is not just a new coat of paint, no, not even more graphics. This game is being rebuilt from the ground up with some new elements and some familiar elements to the game. Uh, what they didn't say, and the trailer looked the teaser trailer looks awesome. Um, the system, the same thing. A lot of the things that people love about the game will be back in, but it's going to have new graph, brand new graphics from the ground up. Uh, there's going to be some everything. Like they said, everything's going to be revamped. Like this is not a just a port. This is them remaking the game all over again, but doing it like it, it's Final Fantasy VII remake. That's pretty much what it is. Um, but they're just adding a lot more to it, and best believe it was heavily inspired. The idea was probably heavily inspired by Final Fantasy VII Remake. 
But um, what I'm interested in is that battle system. I think the battle system is a lot of reasons, a lot of the reasons why people um, enjoy that game so much. I played the game quite a few times. I couldn't get into the battle system myself. It felt a little bit too complex for me to get into. Um, but people loved it. And that was kind of the signature heart, thing, heart and soul of it. I wonder if they're going to stick by that and, and, and work with that, modify it or give options to do a action based system like Final Fantasy 7 did and a turn based, you know, faction. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm interested because I'd like to what made this was the original game that allowed you to choose your fate, that, that it really challenged gamers to check your morality and this inspired a lot of games afterwards to do the same thing it's never been done before until knights of the old republic where you're a jedi that can go easily to the dark side of things or you can stay in the light side of things but as you could progress into the game depending on what you do in the game affects how you're going to be at the end and there's never been a game like this before until knights of the old republic and that's why people you know hold this game so near and dear so for that for them to do a, an entire remake of this it's awesome so i'm gonna i'm gonna be intrigued and interested in what they're gonna do here but then boy 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 they dropped a huge bombshell here we were wondering when we were gonna see the marvel logo pop up and the insomniac logo pop up and boy did we get it we thought we were just getting what we expected no we did not we got much much more folks Insomniac Games gives us a trailer where we go into a bar and all havoc looks wrecked in this bar. We go up to the actual bar uh, tenders uh, counter. Is a man just hanging around there with a plaid, with a very familiar plaid shirt, I might add. A guy gets up from the ground. He has a knife to go back to the guy with the plaid shirt. He puts his fist, he balls his fist up, and you kind of get an idea where this is going. And I'm like, no. And in fact, yes. Or in fact, schnick. <laughs> the claws come out. And then the logo hits. We are getting, thanks to Mar thanks to Marvel and Insomnia Games, we are getting a Wolverine standalone game that was announced for the PS5. This is beyond enormously huge. It's a game directed by Marvel, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales uh, director, Brian Horton and Cameron Christian. And they're looking forward to bringing what they brought with Miles Morales and what they brought with Spider-Man onto Logan. This not only sets a precedent for PlayStation 5 and Marvel and Insomniac, this actually also the most important thing is they're expanding the Insomniac Marvel universe. This is huge. If this game becomes successful, there is a possibility we could get an X-Men game out of this from Insomniac Games. Think about that for a minute. Or we could get a Fantastic Four game from Insomniac Games. This can turn into something big. This is them branching out and we saw this and I'm thinking, all right, bet. 
are they going to work on this while they're working on the spider-man 2 there has you know we still haven't heard anything about that what's going to happen what's happening here before they did that we get the announcement on god of war ragnarok we get a new gameplay trailer of everything it looks like they are on time with everything right now everything looks good we see uh kratos and loki now as they are furthering into the norse god realm um take note that kratos still has his blades of chaos in this so he will immediately have the blades of chaos and the axe from this point on so you're gonna have more gameplay um uh move sets in here no doubt and some new move sets and everything in here i am excited because what we also saw here is a guy holding a hammer that awfully looks like a version of mirror and in fact it was thor thor is going to be in the second one and during the interview after the showcase it was also mentioned that down the line we're going to see odin so i love where this is going because if you guys recall the first five god of war games and the initial three it was kratos going up against zeus and the gods of olympus now he's in the norse god realm and now it's now the big the big bad guys is thor and it's odin so that's his big target and odin is every bit as you know it is he's every biggest like uh, of a god he's the god of all realms here so he's every bit of a god as zeus in this case so i that's a perfect big bad guy to go after okay i love where this is going it is probably going to be a tie-in to what happened with his wife and what was going on with loki and why they're going this direction and the, the trailer was just awesome um i can't wait to see this i cannot wait to, to play this game again or play this game again because the first one was just tremendous I, i'll give it credit now i will always love i will always love god of war 3 because that was the best payoff the whole entire trilogy to be honest that was the best payoff and at, at the time i was like this is the best trilogy game trilogy i've ever played because before that it was unimusha and i thought that they did a great job and the payoff of getting zeus and getting revenge on zeus was just tremendous this looks like it's gonna have that same you know payoff i am all there i am so all there so we get that and then and then and then well, you thought Wolverine was the only thing that we were getting. No, 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 no. We get it. Another Marvel flash up, another Insomniac flash up. And here we have Peter Parker and Miles Morales together fighting a group of different enemies. That leads into an alleyway, the dark alleyway you enter in. And you hear this voice that sounds very familiar with comic book fans and fans of the animated series and whatnot. And yes, we're getting Venom in Spider-Man 2, which is an announced, which was announced on this show. It was one of the last things to be announced. And not only that, returning to the show is my own good. Uh, one of my favorite people to, um, to have on the show and on the um, repop metaverse. Jerry Longthal reprises his role as Peter Parker. Nobody's you know, buddy's shocked by that. Uh, Naji Jeter also, who's been playing Miles Morales, not only in the game, but also in the animated uh, series as well. Coming back as Miles Morales. But the voice of Venom is none other than Candyman himself, Tony Todd. 
okay? I am all about this. Spider-Man 2 is coming. We already checked. Here's the thing. They already brought out Miles Morales and they already brought out Spider-Man. I, at this time, I kind of count, even though it's now considered a spinoff, I still kind of count Miles Morales as Spider-Man 2 in some cases, but this is the official two. But this technically, in my case, is a Spider-Man 3. So if they, if this is any bit as good as we know this is going to be, this could be considered one of the greatest comic book video game series of all time beating out the batman arkham series and it's going to be a heavy debate about this when this game comes out because we already got the arkham series um all four of the games and i you know you got to count black um you know blackout with that too or blackgate with that as well um all those games came out they were tremendous even blackgate it wasn't the best and they you know rocksteady didn't work on it but it was still a good game uh not compared to the arkham series though no doubt but it was still considered one of the greatest comic book adapted video games ever and then spider-man came out and that was awesome and miles morales came out and that was beyond awesome now this is technically the third time so we're gonna see if in fact they can do the trifecta if it's perfect uh you know three peat this is going to play a factor this is really going to play a factor as to what's going to happen here from story standpoint, from gameplay, gameplay standpoint, graphics um, standpoint, all that's going to play into it hard. So, boy, <laughs> when I tell you Sony beat everything that E3 had to offer, they beat the living hell out of everything that E3 had to offer. They just that was a message. That was a statement telling them. We don't need E3. We don't need any of these people. We can do this on our own and still get the equal hype. I really feel bad for E3. I don't know if Sony will ever work with E3 again um, at this point. But wow, what a statement to make. These guys are their own entity. They can do their own thing. And I am, as a PS5 owner, I couldn't be more happier to own this, to always own any PlayStation. But to be a, a, a gaming and PlayStation right now, I am so looking forward to every one of these uh, games that are coming out. But it, more more or less, like, yeah, the games I'm looking forward to, Project Eve, uh, Wolverine, and definitely Spider-Man and, um, and God of War. I am so ready for all that. And Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which is coming out next month. So I am, I am, I absolutely, absolutely am happy that I didn't waste money or my time or my energy to go after this damn console and go, and go through the stress that I had to go through to get this damn console only for them to not come out with these announcements. This was worth the price of it all. So there you have it, folks. Last bit of inf uh, news I wanted to talk about was if, um, they just Nintendo just came out with a four minute rundown of the uh, Metroid Dread, which is coming out October 8th. Like my week, my, my weekend is going to be so awesome. Like. October 6th, which I believe is a Wednesday, I am going to AEW uh, Dynamite, which has been said to be a very special show coming. I've had those tickets since 2020 that is still on lock. I am ready to go. I got, I'm vaccinated. I got everything pretty much done. And if I need to get a booster to what the hell I'm doing it. So, um, so I am, I'm ready to enjoy myself immensely with this. And then the next day from there, I'm going to New York for, um, for uh, New York Comic Con. 
and just doing whatever the hell I am going to be doing over there and having a great time in New York uh, for that entire weekend. But on the 8th, Metroid Dread comes out. And that game looks awesome. That game looks absolutely tremendous. And, you know, go out of your way to check it out. It gives you a four minute rundown of this game. This game, this is the Metroid game I always like playing. I don't like Prime. Of course, I just I just talked about why. Uh, never got into that. I've always liked the 2D deal. And it looks like they're going to that this this game is going to give us our money's worth. And I already got it pre-ordered and ready. I am so excited for that. Um, as well as Dragon Ball Kakarot, which is coming out in about uh, two weeks from now. Yeah, it's coming out about two weeks. Uh, no, uh, yeah, two weeks, 24th. And as much as I enjoyed it on air, I think it's going to be even more fun to play on the Nintendo Switch. So I am, I am so ready for all this and much, much more. So folks, that will do it for this segment i will take a break come back and when i do and i never mentioned this before and there's a probably a reason for this i'm going to review sonic colors actually i did mention it sonic colors ultimate for the nintendo switch and talk about why the colors are fading with this version we'll do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! final stage of this program and i am here to review sonic colors ultimate for the nintendo switch it is also available on xbox series x s and one as well as playstation 5 via 4 um this is a game many know of and familiar of who uh had a chance to play it on the nintendo wii and on the 3ds there was a 2d uh pixel version for the uh 3ds and it was created by dimps and this remake for some reason is created by of all people blind squirrel now many of you may know that game company they are a what do they consider themselves a work for hire development company mostly known for some games that people have questioned in particular me in the case of uh, 2k games wwe 2k 18 also known as one of the worst games ever to be on the Nintendo Switch. That game, and, and I say this now, despite the fact that I played Wrestling Empire, which sadly justifies, it, 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 it makes WWE 2K18 in its state a better wrestling game. 
But nonetheless, it takes away nothing for the fact that that game has bugs in it still to this day. They never fixed any of the things that they were supposed to be fixed. They did make it a little bit better and playable depending on what modes you played it on. But other than that, this game has has been a disaster of a game. And Blaine's, Blind Squirrel has their fingerprints on this. I've never played a Blind Squirrel game after that until now. And it's one of those cases where it's one of the sayings that it goes, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I knew going in that this was by Blind Squirrel and I decided to give them a benefit of the doubt and try to see if they can redeem themselves. I am here to say, shame on me. <laughs> but not entirely in the way that I did with WWE 2K18. The game and in its, in its totality is a playable game, but it is not an enjoyable game. And I've never got a chance to play the original 2010 Nintendo Wii version. And there's been a lot of praise about that game. Unfortunately, thanks to, you know, Blind Squirrel, they, this game is not up to par. This game is nowhere near as enjoyable as what I thought people were going to say. Like this game was so, there were times that I was you know, like, really, this game angered me. A lot of, a lot of it has to do with some of the the stage design, a lot of it had to do with um, the bugs that was were found in there and people were going on social media talking about it. Blind Squirrel had to send out an apology for these, you know, little bugs and they're working on a patch as we speak for this game. Um, there were some things I, I had. So I had some issues with this that made this game an unenjoyable experience for me. Um, so much to the point that I wind up going out of the game playing a game that I felt that was perfect for what they were trying to do or what Nintendo perfected on and that was Mario Odyssey. Mario Odyssey is a game that kind of takes elements from what Sonic Colors have done in terms of making you know a 3D platform assimilate well with the 2D platforming and they did it perfectly on Odyssey. Odyssey is not only just one of the greatest Mario games ever made, but it's also one of the greatest 3D platformer games ever made at this point in time. And I play Sonic Colors and I'm thinking like, okay, this is, they're going that route. It's part 2D side scrolling and it's part 3D platforming. But to me, Sonic Colors Ultimate doesn't gel well in the same way that that game was and you know you can compare and contrast the two because they they were always competing with each other even at this stage even though there's no such thing as a sega game console anymore they still try to at least have a game that is up to par and sometimes a lot of times lately especially i feel like sonic the, the sonic brand is hanging on the loins of what they did in the past and not trying to reinvent themselves and not trying to do something different like Mario normally does. Every Mario game, I've always said this, every Mario game that you play, there is something different added to the table. There's always a refreshing take of what they already did. They do reinvent the wheel with their with what they do and they do it beautifully. Sonic, it's like you're walking on a road, but the road you're riding on a road that has a lot of potholes in it. And that's the way I've always go. So, all right. 
nevertheless, there are some positives to it, but of course there's always some negatives and I'm gonna do my pros and cons for this particular game. But before we do that, let's start with the story of this, which is basically, again, the evil Dr. Eggman has built a gigantic interstellar amusement park bursting with incredible rides and colorful attractions for whatever reason. But it's being powered by an alien race that he captured called Whiffs. Um, Sonic finds this out, and now he's gonna use his lightning speed to free the captured Whiffs uh, and learn their secrets by using their amazing powers to get through these colorful different amusement attractions and worlds. Uh, doing so, he goes into all these different stages, and apparently you'll find some great secrets, some new moves. And to their credit, they did try to come up with some innovative moves for this game that kind of stands out because that was the one thing that was really taken away was that like Sonic only has like two movesets in here and in this game they do go a little bit more with it I do find that they're more trying to I I, I feel like they, there's an inconsistency with the whole entire thing and of course as always it's always hard as all hell to try and get supersonic in a game no matter which Sonic game it is, it is always very hard. I think the last Sonic, I actually, I think it was a DLC to get him, but getting those Chaos Emeralds are always a rock and a hard place. And I've successfully done it before. It's a lot of the 2D games. Um, well, I, th I think a lot of it, I did kind of do the God mode thing, but nonetheless, I got it, darn it. <laughs> but this time is always, traditionally, it's like, you gotta get the Chaos Emeralds and you gotta go through all these insane obstacles to get it so this is a game for you know people who like to do runs in these games i'm not one of them i like to pace myself um but again the inconsistency with this game to me is like do they want you to do a run they, do they want you to speed run through this game or do they want you to experience the game because you got the timer that's always up with the sonic game but at the same time you can't speed run your way through this game because there are a lot of things that you need to get. There's some, you know, coins and the, these red coins and all this stuff and these yellow coins that you got to get to unlock different, you know, gloves and shoes for Sonic. So you can't speed run through this. So, but they have this timer that is timing you and it's frustrating because you want to get through this, this stage and you want to get through this in a timely manner, but you can't because you got to focus on where these elements are and all this. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's annoying to me. So. All right, the pros that I do love about this game, the minute that I turned it on, beautiful looking, the beautiful graphics. I, I Again, I never played the original, so I don't know how much of an upgrade the graphics is, but looking at this version, it was just beautiful. I love the lighting. I love the, the bright colors in there. The vibrant and saturated colors that they have in this game are really well done, not like overly done in here. I do like the cutscenes, which are fun. And I, cause the cutscenes are kind of why I I have still played the game until the end. It's because I wanted to unlock the cutscenes and you are able to rewatch the cutscenes if you don't want to go through all the crap that you got to go through in the game um, in order to do it. The, the weird part about the, you know, watching the cutscenes again is that they're shown on this little screen, which you can't expand, you can't enlarge in order to fill up the entire, you know, handheld screen. So. The problem with that is that you're squinting to watch the little screen and there's no ability to enlarge that screen at all. So if you're looking at it from a handheld situation, that's a problem. 
that is a problem but i'm here to talk about the pros right now so i'll stick to that but nonetheless i love the cutscenes. um they're good um as i mentioned a good assortment of new moves that i never did before in other games as well enjoyable voice cast including uh kate higgins aka sakura um from naruto who uh, is now tell she uh did some new lines to uh do the tell uh, scenes in there as well some stages are simple and and player friendly so they there are some fun and player friendly stages in there but they're um and most of the boss battles are fun as well um the last only positive uh, and pros i have for this is blind squirrels logos i love the logo the two logos that they have for there as a graphic designer and a logo designer they are i gotta admit they're pretty cool so that is with that said the cons that i have for this game um as as i mentioned there are some bugs in here that are that makes the experience very annoying on the switch version i've not played the other two versions and i'm not trying to play the other two versions on the playstation or the xbox or whatever um it's not to me it's not worth it based on the experience i even have i think even if they do patch it up i highly doubt that the experience will be any more you know enjoyable for me um it really hinders the nostalgia for past gamers though that would enjoy it and as for new gamers like myself who is trying to understand the love for this game so it's it's a disappointing thing from there but again blind squirrel doesn't have a good you know win you know win loss record when it comes to this stuff while some stages as i mentioned are easy and enjoyable to get through others become very frustrating and difficult to get through one in particular there is a stage in one of the uh, amusement the amusement stages that doesn't make sense and i don't know if that's part of the bug because the deal is is that you're supposed to use one of the wisps to get up to the stage and you take out two of the robots but then you have to go across the um you know the platform but you can't because there's no way to get across from it so you're instantly gonna fall and there's no there i have i didn't even go to youtube to find this out but this may be one of the major bugs in the game because there's no way to get across from the other side so i think that may be one of the biggest bugs in the game right now it you're you're just instantly gonna fall every single time there's no way um jumping feels like sonic has weights on his legs so it doesn't I've played and I, you know while I was playing this I also not only played Mario Odyssey but I went out of my way because I have a a PlayStation Now account I also went on my way out to play possibly one of my all-time favorite Sonic games um and that was Sonic Adventure that was on a Dreamcast that was what that was the marquee game for the Dreamcast when it first arrived in the game that was just awesome not replay that game again and my feeling for sonic adventures in comparison and contrast to that of you know sonic colors night and day the minute sonic it is outdated and are in archaic as the um the look of the game is the, the controls are still there the minute that that came on and the music that came on for it and and you know every the mute that 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 iconic theme song for sonic adventures come out with the rock you know deal i immediately lit up i played the game for a bit and i'm like i love the way it feels on my controller in my hand on a playstation 5 i love the fact that you jump you can jump freely and it feels good everything just feels in control about sonic i think sonic adventures one and two possibly one of their best 
to my opinion i think out of the top i still love those games they may not look in terms of you know graphics and everything they may not look up to date but man was it a game changer at that time and in terms of controls i think the controls are better than sonic colors you know despite the fact that sonic colors has a, has more moves that you could pull off in there it just doesn't feel as good at all you know and that that's a sad thing um you know it sonic colors just lacks that masterful stage design that i've seen in other more enjoyable 3d platforms like like sonic adventures and odyssey and, and a bunch of many others as well um the inconsistency with the use of 2d side scrolling and 3d platforming it it's it like i said i mentioned this before it just doesn't gel well i would love to see more fluidity with that and i just think that this time and they tried this because this is not even their latest game this is just a remake of their latest of their other game i would say that their recent sonic game in terms of fluidity was a little bit better but i think that was if i remember correctly that was more of a 3d platformer it was just boring of a game at the end of the day um but yeah i don't know what sonic sonic always suffers their 2d games are a little bit are better than their 3d platformers except for the dreamcast ones but they always suffered they suffer from a lack of innovation that nintendo seems and miyamoto seems to always master when he creates a mario game i don't know what it is but it just does not fly so and even further my last you know con for this is playing in a handheld mode you play in this game on a handheld mode you're gonna have to squint to find sonic because while in handheld mode sonic is scaled down so much when he's in 2d side scrolling mode that you almost can barely see him because the backgrounds and the backdrops are sometimes dark you don't see him enough and then it's just really tiny like yeah it, this game was not built for or they didn't optimize it to be played on a handheld it was optimized to be played on a bigger screen but if you wanted to play on a handheld you may find it hard especially if you wear glasses or something like that which i don't but i can see some people may have problems with that outcome as well so overall i got mixed feelings with this game there are some parts that i really like and some parts i really don't but this to me is algebraic in a sense of positive times negative equals a negative so the overall experience for me is negative but it has some positive amounts now when this patch come out i don't know how much of a change this is going to make for it um but to me this is just another kind of a disappointment thing from not only sonic the sonic franchise itself but also from blind squirrel uh, it just it, it just is and i don't think I think the next time around, if I see a game that has anything to do with Blind Squirrel's involvement in it, I'm just going to stay away from it. <laughs> okay. I, I'm sure they work hard at what they do or what they try to do, but there's something missing from this company that just doesn't work out. And I, 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 I can't tell you what it is. I don't know what it is. So it wasn't the worst game in the world, but at the same time, it just wasn't enjoyable. And if I was to give any grade for it i guess a b minus possibly even a c plus would be for this game and it's just it, it is what it is from here it's unfortunate but yeah so ladies and gentlemen that will do it for this edition of 
select start. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I uh, hope you guys enjoy every episode here next week or in two weeks, I should say. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot for the Nintendo Switch. I'll, you know, give a review of that in on in the handheld form. Um, as well as Judgment Lost. I am so looking forward to that game. The sequel to Judgment, which is the spinoff to the Yakuza series. Um, I'm ready. Yagami. I'm coming back and I'm looking forward to a great, great, great story that's coming up here. It just looks awesome. This Sunday on the Prime Show, I will be reviewing Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms. And uh, we also got to talk about this week's dark and somewhat hilarious episode of What If featuring zombies. Yes, very interesting episode indeed. The zombies have come and uh, we're going to talk about that and much, much more. So that'll do it, folks. Again, thank you. And if you want to enjoy this episode and all of our episodes, please, without further ado, go out to TalkTimeLive.com. You'll not only see this episode, you'll see all of our episodes, all of our interviews with some of the best in all of our favorite fandoms. Um, if you go onto our podcast page, you will be able to go to the search engine, type in TTL and, oh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Type in TTL exclusive and you will see all of our interviews with some of the finest in and all things anime comics movies and games if you want to see the video versions of some of those interviews you could go to the ex uh, exclusive interviews on the website called ttl exclusive videos all of them are there with recently uh our marvel and udon artists jeffrey chamba cruz um jeffrey thorne dc comics writer amanda c miller who by the way Shout out to her because the second season of Kiss, uh, Kit Cosmic is out. She plays the voice of Joe. Shout out to her. She always a good friend out, out there. Cast Naruto, the press conference with the one and only Kevin Conroy. My interview with Brian Donovan, the voice of Rock Lee, and many, many more on video on TalkTimeLive.com. You can also check out our media page because we I have the panels that I hosted, the virtual panels that I hosted with the cast of Bleach, uh, cast of Sailor Moon, the uh, cast of that time I got reincarnated as a slime and much more on there. So in more to come possibly as well on the media page, there's a blog page full of entries in there and more to come from that point. And uh, if you want to check us out on our favorite, on your favorite pl uh, podcast platforms, you can check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Pod uh, Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, and Pandora. And of course, Shout out to all you in our Tumblr community as well, which I do air the show on that platform as too. So folks, thank you again. And uh, I hope you guys have a great and safe weekend. Please, again, keep everybody safe and protected. Keep yourself protected at all times and just do what you got to do uh, to remain that way. We just, we all want to have fun and we want to breathe easy. So on that note, that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care, and I'll talk to you guys on Sunday.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.